Hello, and welcome to Cracking One Open. If you're just joining us for the first time, this is our sixth episode. And I hope you go back and check out all the rest of them. But for now, we hope you're joining us with the intent to drink, celebrate, and talk about Seattle Kraken with me, your host, Nick Cody, and my co-host, Jameson Edwards. Jameson, how are you doing tonight? Feeling great, man. Got a, got a bunch of stuff to talk about. Um, some somber stuff in there, but for the most part, very very productive uplifting stuff to to look forward to yeah and you know it's so awesome we're in episode six and it feels like we have you know 40 something days until the puck even drops of less than 50 days and uh right now it it, we still have so much to talk about that it feels like man i don't know if we're going to be able to get enough episodes in before the puck drops but Alas, we go into our face-off, which is our first segment, where we tell you what we're drinking, and uh, if you're drinking along with us, whether it's uh, water or if you're drinking your own beverage, we'd love to hear about it in the comments or on Twitter. So follow us at Open or me at JustFollow61, and we now have a Facebook page. As we said last week, you can go ahead and join that and let us know there or down in the YouTube comments where we hope you're watching along and uh, drinking along with us. And uh, tonight, what are you drinking, Jameson? Well, starting it off kind of light with uh, Three Floyd's Zombie Dust, which is a nice little beer right across the border there in Indiana. I'm in Chicago, if uh, anyone needs that reminder. But the real hero of the show got myself my first ever bottle of Kraken rum. Never You're had before. Me, land, landmark, not only in you are trying Kraken rum for the first time, but this is the first episode where you're not drinking whiskey? This is true. Yeah. Please and, tell uh, me at least you've had a Red Bull today, though. Yeah. Okay. We're, 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 I, we're still good, everyone. We're getting our normal Jameson. There's a reasonable consistency in there, but I'm, I'm changing it up. It's a special occasion. We're going to be half a dozen episodes in here. It's, it's, it's getting up there. So what I wanted to do, first of all, so this is 47 per only oh 47%, not 47 proof. Oh dear. Um well here we go. Ooh. We're gonna get that first sip and uh hear about it from Jameson himself. Remember, this is a sponsor of the Kraken. So even if you don't like it, I don't know if uh you want this podcast to get sponsorships moving forward, if you should be entirely honest with your review, but Good luck, bud. I can smell the spice. Uh I like it so far. Yeah. Nice. I I was scared I wasn't going to like that. That's really tasty. Yeah, I I, I think I remember trashing it a little bit too much in our first episode. And then once I had a a full bottle or two uh, doing our uh, episodes three and four, I believe, uh, man, Definitely uh, have to take it easy there, buddy. Just remember that uh, it tastes fantastic. A little bit of vanilla taste in there is that's what I get. But it's a it's a quite strong vanilla actually. Uh, that's the thing. From, I, from what I, I'm picking up, I I remember having uh, a little too much of it, and uh, I, I believe I attempted a power hour with it once. So that's that that might be my my reasoning. But for my face off, uh, I'm go- again going with the. Michelob Ultra, which I've switched to to try and reduce some of the calories before we go on our Miami trip. I uh, got to get my beach bod back before we go. But uh, the the more important thing that I'll be drinking tonight, uh, I will transition to our penalty box. 
to talk about. And in our penalty box, if this is your first episode, we drink for either previous mistakes or things we thought about reviewing the past episode that were like, yeah, this wasn't our best. So I'm, I'm going to drink to that. Today, we have our very first member uh, that isn't a co-host that is going to get in our penalty box. They get a full penalty. And uh, I'm just going to say this delivery service will remain unnamed. I told Jameson a little bit before this recording about my problems today, but I threw my back out uh, a little bit earlier this week and uh, was not trying to go on a long endeavor to go uh, to the store and get a bottle myself. So I, I looked at a very prominent delivery service to try and get some uh, some vodka for this week because I, I wanted a bottle of Tito's and I had a 25% off coupon through this prominent delivery service, which I will not name, but uh, I ordered a one liter bottle of Tito's for, I believe, $28 plus tax and tip. And uh, Jameson, my friend, this is what I receive. You have big hands, dude. Well, that too, but uh, this even regardless of hands, if we're going to uh, go ahead and uh, compare, I'm going to hold up what the other thing that I am responsible for in the penalty box this week. So if we're going to compare it to a bag of dicks, which I had here as we talked about logo sponsors last week, and I forgot about it. I had a bag of dicks next to me, one of my favorite things to ingest and make me 300 pounds. And I said Costco instead of a bag of dicks. So on top of the unnamed delivery service that gave me this bottle for $28 uh, and said it was a liter of Tito's uh, on top of that. uh, Yeah. I'll be drinking for you on behalf and myself for the dicks mishap. So uh, thank you everyone. And uh with that, I, I believe, uh, Jameson, what do you have for the penalty box this week? You know, it's usually on my drive back from work on days like today. Where you're sitting in rush hour, it gives me a lot of time to go back and just cringe at everything that I said over the course of the previous episode. And the one that really stuck out to me, which I don't retrospectively think I understood how thoroughly I had misspoken. I said Toronto, and I quote, missed the playoffs every year since Darcy Tucker, which is just blatantly wrong. In fairness, I did go back and fact check this. What I should have said and what I intended to communicate at the time, not giving myself any like breaks here but what i meant to say was that they hadn't been a serious contender since darcy tucker was around Mm -hmm. which going back the last time darcy tucker was in a maple leafs uniform and they made the playoffs was in 2004 that being said why i was objectively wrong with what i had said in the previous episode was they've made the playoffs four out of the last five years that being said, I don't think anybody took them seriously and they lost in the first round every season. But that being said, we all make our mistakes. My I, 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 I was wrong. And you know what? Drinks to that. Cheers, mate. Release the Kraken! Well, that is her penalty box. And, uh, ooh, forgot to go ahead and just open this here for that 
audible sound of cracking one open and uh if you've been a cracking one open fan which many of you are and we thank you for your support if you haven't already subscribed on youtube and uh followed us on twitter please do so but this is our period one where we deep dive into something cracking specific what we wanted to focus on this week is actually a transition from something we already talked about and introduced last week which was uh yesterday uh thursday the Washington Post, I caught an article that talked a lot about the development of hockey here in the Seattle area and just how awesome it is that they're really establishing roots early at the youth level to try and get people to get out there and try skating, which is things I even talked about last week. I wish I had as a kid because I'm sitting here now wishing I could get back on the ice, just very nervous about it. And they're getting kids so comfortable out there right now and leaning on professionals to be able to get people to to, to come in and trust just how, how, here's how we teach foundational hockey. And I know from being a, a football player that started in a brand new community to football in a brand new high school, how important that was at the youth levels for developing my team from a, a brand new team into someone that was a league champion in three years. So Jamison, what do you feel about having read the article now? Uh, what do, you, what do you think, uh, given even that more depth and detail about the, the kind of things that Seattle's establishing here with the Kraken? Sure. I mean, I, I know I went into quite a lot of my first impression of the press release from last week, but so much of what they detailed in this particular um, article was even so much cooler because, I mean, they talked about, um, say, having people that you would never expect to see on the ice, or if even if they can't get on the ice, they can play floor hockey with a ball, uh, implementing it in school pro- programs, potentially. Um, they were talking about um, there was a, a little kid in a wheelchair that was learning how to stick handle, just stuff like that. And I, I really think that they're going above and beyond, not only what would be expected from a hockey organization, but as a community uh a sort of benefit to the community um, just to, I mean, especially when you're not associated with something that can be very intimidating like hockey. I mean, there are so many individual skills just to fundamentally understand before you can even learn to shoot a puck. Say, I mean, the only, or the old kind of argument that a lot of the hockey guys I grew up with would make would would be well it's the hardest sport to play because it's the only one where you have artificial feet and artificial hands you have to play with a stick and you're on an eighth of an inch of steel on a slippery surface uh, so just to learn to skate is an endeavor in and of itself but then you put stick in your hands and then you have to skate around people and so there's a, a lot of applicable uh skills that you have to really learn at a, at a reasonable pace um, or are expected to anyway. And I think the way that they're approaching it is really good because not only are they approaching it from a genuine scholastic standpoint, but also encouraging people just to feel comfortable. Yeah. Come out and have a good time. It doesn't matter if you're the best player on the ice. Don't, don't even look at it that way. Just try to make that small improvement every time you skate. And I mean, that's what's really rewarding on an individual level is just to see progress and do it with your friends. Yeah, I'm already sitting out here trying to look up uh, some size 15 skates to get to, for myself. 
and uh, just hearing all that, uh, it makes me feel a lot more confident in just approaching the ice, uh, you know, and it's funny because it is a huge deal. You know, you walk into an ice rink and uh, it's a uh, everything, especially, you know, this, the small ones around here that I've seen uh, the Ducks and Huskies play in. Uh, even if you are uh, out there alone, it, it just feels like even with those empty stands, everything it feels like is being watched on you anytime. It feels like so much an arena compared to, you know, you go out on a football field on a, on a day. And if you're not in a stadium, uh, you know, you kind of can just go run, do your thing. And, but man, you, you get on the ice, it's a, it's a different feel. It's just not like that average, that average play field you get in sports. You get on the ice, you have to be equipped for, uh, movement and being able to balance yourself in a way that's just, it's so unique. And uh, it's something I definitely look forward to getting into again. But regardless, it, besides that, we've already talked about this subject enough last week. I feel like we gave the article a lot of their leeway to, to go on there. And I believe that was Tim Booth, uh, Associated Press, but I caught it on the Washington Post just to give attribution there. As a journalism major, that's important, I've heard. Um, nowadays, uh, don't know how important, but still trying to keep it relevant. But next part of our deep dive is the Seattle Kraken program right now. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of signings to talk about. We'll get to those, but something that came out recently that both caught our eye is the depths program, the deepest membership experience in hockey, which is being provided by the Kraken. Now we've talked about this, that potentially the show will be investing in this, uh, but uh, as an individual, uh, Jameson, if you were a, a Caps fan and let's say your franchise is going to offer this opportunity for $90 for you to get in a program where you get perhaps exclusive an annual membership gift, priority access to ticket releases, early access to merch, including the jersey pre-orders we all already want, which is probably the biggest draw of the membership already. And then uh, special access to select away games, arena shows, preferred access at Kraken Community Iceplex, where they train, and access to training camp and member-only events. How much is that worth it to you right now, given the current prices that people have probably already paid for season tickets if you're a Kraken fan? I mean, I want to make the joke where they have to call it the depths because by putting the $90 in, it doesn't really guarantee you anything other than you're going to have to spend more money at a discounted price. So you might as well just be tying $90 worth of bricks to your feet and sink into the depths. <laughs> but, but I mean, not, not to talk too badly of it. I mean, if you're, if you're really invested in the program, I mean, there is a lot of media stuff too, that comes with the program. So if you are a guy that likes to sit and just listen to, exclusive interviews or i know they said they were going to do a walkthrough of the arena with i believe uh tanev and a couple other guys which would be cool um to me the merchandise perks are just that perks um for 90 bucks a season that sounds like a bit much out the gate before you determine that i should read to you Members of the depths will receive priority access to ticket releases, member-only offers and events, including access to training camp and practices, early accesses to merchandise and team store discounts, an annual member gift, preferred and discounted access at the community 
Iceplex. Like we said, access to exclusive content, games and contests, and more. Those are officially, if you go on their website, that's what you're getting promised for $90. Sure. And again, what? not saying that I distrust the vague nature of a few of those, but when they say discount prices on merchandise or whatever, that could be a 5% discount. So you might get seven bucks off of something, which is cool, whatever. Uh, again, it, it really depends to me on how invested you are in getting physical merchandise or actually going out and spending more money on the team. It's it's kind of the same as paying a forward lump sum for ticket prices for season tickets rather than just saying, well, I just want to look, see a game here and there. Yeah. It, it is kind of a forward-thinking investment. So it's pretty much on an individual basis and rel- relative to how you envision yourself moving forward with the team and the organization. So, I mean, for me... If I were if if I were living in Washington and the Capitals released a program like that, I wouldn't bat an eyelash. I would do it. Fair enough, fair enough, and that's a great perspective to have because here I was even like before we recorded this podcast, I'm like, this is nonsense. I wouldn't do this. And then uh, you uh, you mentioned like, oh yeah, as a podcast, actually, this could get us some access. So why not just yeah, and that that way we get our jerseys before we go on our Miami trip and could repre- represent the podcast properly. So, uh, would love to do that as early as possible. And the fact that you know the only thing that bothers me about it is, man, everybody's begging for these jerseys. Everybody wants them. Just to have it like this priority list that that feels like the biggest sell right now. And to me, that that's like, ah, oh, man. It feels like you should already be able to pre-order these things. They should already get that gauged in terms of expectation. But again, supply and demand. If they don't make it that easy for everyone to pre-order that jersey and select their payment, that they also create you know that demand for it. So it keeps and the I, prices nice and high. I, I believe the first bullet, first or second bullet point was that they're reserving like the first. 3,000 game-worn jerseys or something, like specifically game-worn. Which I'll have to check that out because that, that would be really I mean, important. That if I mean, I, can, I don't even understand how you could have 3,000 game-worn jerseys. No, I, I mean, that, unless it's it, practice. That, that, that number has got to be – I mean, I know they do different uh, sort of like fundraiser stuff, like Say like for the Capitals, they'll wear a camo jersey and warm-ups and then sign them and do it at yeah. auctions for whatever uh, veteran um, charities or, I mean, Hockey Fights Cancer is a big one too. Um, so there's a lot of stuff like that. I would assume that goes into it as well. Um, to what degree, I am not sure. It, it does... Uh, they're saying that it is at least of right now supposed to be an 82 game season. We'll see how that works out with um, the future of COVID and everything. Yeah. But I, I think that's pretty cool too. Yeah. Well, any, anyways, transitioning from that, I, I, there's a lot to think about. It might not be for everyone. I know it's definitely going to be for cracking one open. Hopefully it gives me the opportunity to get some affordable tickets going and give you guys some firsthand access and uh, experience to what it's going to be like at Climate Pledge Arena. But uh, 
the last part of our deep dive and we haven't had a lot to talk about in terms of signings but one thing that i know is someone here in the region that i'm pretty excited about uh we got uh an undrafted whl seattle thunderbirds goalie that's going to be joining the team uh i believe thomas millick and he's going to no. be he's going to be invited to training camp with the team even though we've got four you know three four solid goalies but uh would die Go ahead and correct me, sir. Millich. Millich. Yes, sir. That's what I'm here for. Well, Tommy Millich, I'm going to go ahead and uh, drink for you there as uh, as we do as uh, part of the rules. And if you guys catch any errors at home, it would be fantastic if you let us know down in the comments or in the replies. Let us know how you're watching, what you're drinking, and especially what we screwed up on because – We'll drink for it in our penalty box next episode. So good catch, Jameson. You got that before uh, anyone else did. But names are going to be in the NHL for me. Easily my uh, biggest drinking point. If you're drinking at home, I, I want to remind you again, drink responsibly. <laughs> so, so how do you feel about uh, this sign? Not only this invite to training camp, but I believe there is another signing, right? Uh, yeah, um, we'll, we'll get to him in a second. I do want to break down Thomas Milich a little bit. Yeah. Um, just because, um, one of Seattle's own playing with the Thunderbirds. Yeah. Um, last season, he was the rookie of the year for the U S division, which is pretty huge. Um, he went five and four with a, uh, I didn't write down as a safe percentage, but it was like nine 16 or something insane. Um, only eclipsed by his performance with the Canadian World Juniors team, where he went two and zero, point nine seven five on the international level, playing against some of the best young players in the world. That's incredible as an eighteen year old. Um, back to his stuff with the Thunderbirds. Um, he only played nine games, five and four. Yep. And keep in mind, because the WHL has a lot of teams north of the border as well, they didn't have playoffs this year, mm. so there wasn't a real I don't, not a lot of opportunities <laughs> yeah I, I i don't want to say it wasn't competitive but it was just for the season and yeah. the opportunities were just different yeah um one of the cool cool parts is that um, he did spend the summer playing with the delta hockey academy playing against guys like brennan gallagher from montreal milan lucic who's in calgary was in boston for a long time and then Seattle's own Brendan Dillon, who you guys just picked up from Washington. So he's he's no stranger to face an NHL-level competition. Um, that being said, he did go undrafted this year, um, which is unfortunate. But another year playing AHL or, or WHL hockey, rather, excuse me, yeah. um, especially for someone that young is almost always the best. If If, if you're not ready right out of the gate, you're probably better off just developing and dominating at that level. Mm. The um, that being said, I, I do want to promote the Thunderbirds here a little bit because they're going to be a fun team to watch. I know we're focusing on the Kraken generally, but for the greater Seattle area, Thunderbirds, uh, they finished third in the U.S. division last year. They do have uh, four players that were drafted this year. I want to say between Winnipeg, Dallas, and a couple other places. 
but seven of their players will be joining NHL training camps. Um, wow. I, I can say for Thomas Milch, he's going for both the rookie and the professional level camp. Mm. Yeah. And I, it would not be the first time that an undrafted player got a professional contract. I wouldn't expect that for Thomas, yeah. but it, it's not completely outside the realm of possibilities. Yeah. Yeah, well, and especially, you know, the goalies that we already have, it, it does feel like to even get significant time out there on the ice, uh, significant injury or uh, performance issues, right. you know, would definitely have to lead to him getting out there. And I, I say that as someone that knows very little about hockey, but it's still exciting to see someone from, uh, again, I'll always root for the Thunderbirds and Silvertips players that uh, that go on to whatever team, regardless of the Kraken, it's still exciting to develop that and, you uh, to, to, to have seen a couple of those guys around here then and again. So uh, fantastic first period. Anything you want to add to the end of that? Or do you think that's good for our deep dive? Well, oh, we didn't. We've got one more player, huh? Almost. Uh, I'll drink on that. We have one more signing. And... Yep. Yep. Gustav. Go ahead. Tell us. Tell us what that means for the Kraken. Sadly, I don't think too much. He he is a he's a big boy. Yeah. Um. He signed one year, 750K, six foot three, 200 pounds. Um, he's 26. He's uh, played the last two years with uh, the Laval Rocket. That's the Canadians AHL affiliate. Um, potentially some with Cole Caulfield, which is a totally different conversation, but Cole is uh, one of those young phenoms that came through the uh, University of Wisconsin and then started playing the AHL and was huge for the Canadians in Montreal. So kind of curious to see how much their time overlapped in Laval. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I'm just going to assume I'm not. Again, like last week, don't speak French. Um, the interesting part that I wanted to kind of at least note, maybe not analyze, but compared to Connor Carrick, just because specifically they're only a $50,000 or $500,000 difference, rather. Or, no, 50. What am I talking about? 750, 800K. Uh, for a second, I was like, nah, whatever. Uh, this rum is good. Fantastic, uh, right? <laughs> right. And so Connor Carrick's a little smaller, but stockier for his size. Again, with uh, Gustav, six foot three, two hundred, whereas Connor's five ten or five eleven, something like that, and about one ninety two, one ninety three. So, yeah, so between five and ten pounds. Um, the difference is that with Gustav, he only has fifty nine games played in the NHL, whereas Connor Carrick has two hundred and forty one, and is only a year older. So I would expect to see Gustav down in Charlotte quite a lot. Yeah. I, which is why I say I don't expect it to be a huge thing for them. Again, it is a two-way contract, so he can go up and down with no repercussions. Um, for those who don't know, if it's a one-way contract, he has to clear waivers to go down to Charlotte, which means he's basically free reign for the league to pick up should they take the drastic move to send him down. Yeah. But 
it doesn't apply to either of those guys in this particular situation. That's just kind of a added bit of information for people who don't necessarily know. Gotcha. Well, that's the end of our first period, which is our deep dive on cracking themselves and a uh, good first period, mate. Cheers. Cheers. Then. Release the Kraken. Mm. That's fantastic. And our second period is our around the NHL and, uh, uh, it seems like uh, only, yeah, way, way, way too short a time frame to uh, to have our next kind of uh, sad memorial episode, especially so young. But there was a a death in the NHL, uh, a retired player, and uh, unfortunately, yeah, it hit both of us pretty hard as we were talking about before the episode. Jameson, you want to tell the people. Uh, exactly what happened and uh the, a little more about him as a hockey player oh first of all there were two that were pretty earth-shattering yeah. one more than the other given the relative time spectrums oh boy this is gonna be a tough one um so uh jimmy hayes um played here in chicago played in boston was drafted by toronto basically I our mean, age 31 years old. Yeah. He, he was born late 1989. Yep. Um, died three months after his son was born. I mean, what do you really say? The, he played three, 334 games in the show, 109 points. Good kid. Um, what, uh, what some people might not know is that he comes from a long lineage of hockey players his brother kevin hayes plays for philadelphia his cousins matt and brady kachuk are both alternate captains matt up in calgary brady up in ottawa um matt had a fantastic season this year i mean brady had to play in ottawa so we're gonna cut him a little bit of slack for that one um his uncle keith kachuk one out of five U.S. born players to score 500 goals and the sixth in U.S. born player history to score a thousand points, which holy crap, he's largely considered to be one of the U- best U.S. born players of all time. Easily top 10 historically. I mean, we got some good guys coming up now in like Patrick Kane and so on, but it, as far as players through the 90s and 2000s, Keith was a, a wrecking ball. Um, what I didn't know until I did a little bit of a dive into this uh, history, his uncle is Tom Fitzgerald, who played wow. 17 seasons. He's the current GM and executive vice president of the New Jersey Devils. Um, he, he won a cup with Pittsburgh. I didn't write down what year, hmm. but he was in the office for when Pittsburgh won one of their cups. So, I mean, just an absolutely outstanding pedigree. Hmm. Um, what do you say? 31 years old, man. That's. Yeah, man. I, 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 I when I heard that, especially cause you know, you're a little younger than me lad, but uh, I am 31 and looking at turning 32 this year. And I sit here and thinking, 
you know, especially the thing that bothers me is, you know, I, I, you know, without wife and kids, I think uh, someone that lost their dad when I was 16, that, that, that just, I can't imagine having a, a newborn child and losing your father before you can ever establish that connection. Because even the years I've lost with my father, I, I can't imagine what that, that would be like to have and uh, to have back and to not have any of the 16 great years I had that that's really what breaks my heart. And I, I wish the best to their family because uh, man, regardless of what your sport is or um, you know, the, uh, the, 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 you know, however you hear about this story, it's heartbreaking. And, and especially when you know that someone that, that young puts so much into the sport, um, again, as obviously uh, autopsies have not determined the cause of death We're way too soon to really be able to do <laughs> yeah. that, which is, you know, we that talked was... about a little before the podcast, which got you a little fired up, which I, uh, I always love and enjoy, especially with our current lighting situation just adds to that, you know, the caps red color that comes on your face, yeah. but let, I'm, let, I'm, let, I'm let, rocking the red in the cheeks. Let us know. What do you think about that? What about the accurate, like, accusations out there that potentially this is you know accusations of 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 something of uh drug use or something like what what I've, what's your what's your what's your feeling of this that really just drives me nuts no. um as you said it really riled me up before i gonna try to avoid doing that now but um i've heard people talking about overdosing or just whatever yeah and because there was a big prominent article i i forget exactly where it debuted i'm going to try to find it uh yeah you do really fast but um see it was on people.com yeah it was on people.com was or no 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 i lied that that's the funeral service wow this actually all got really Oh yeah, no, the yeah, it was on people.com yesterday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where it said, you know, his cause is yet to be determined after autopsy. Yeah. Dude, he, he died a week ago. Yeah. What the hell do you mean it's yet to be determined? Do you do you understand how autopsies work, man? Like Well, I mean, beyond that, even then, it's uh the 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 fact it led to some speculation that I saw at least on social media. And, that's and completely that's... unwarranted and uneducated speculation is the yeah. worst part. Yeah, agreed. Not not to cut you off, but no, no, Lord. no, please. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. That's where I was going, anyways. Naturally, um, you have to also understand that there are so many things in health and healthcare that we don't fully understand as much as we pretend to. And there are a lot of people that you're seeing now in other sports that are quitting and retiring early because they're recognizing problems that probably would lead to long-term health issues and who knows if this uh was one of those things or not but it is it, it, to speculate in the other direction that there's you know people even love to say that uh performance enhancements or those types of things it could just is easily be some prescription medication that they have for an actual like human issue they, there are all these things going on that really really bother me when people jump to those accusations especially when someone so young dies it could be could be a, a an enormous multitude of things that we don't fully understand yet and everybody's body is different so um 
best wishes I mean, to him and his family. But yeah, it's it's disappointing yeah. to see some of the speculation and well, a lot of old school hockey folks out there I see on Twitter that kind of have that perception of like, ah, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, it was cocaine or whatever. I mean, yeah. honestly, it could be an undiagnosed genetic thing. Exactly. That, that's that's one thing that happened to a uh, young prospect, I believe, in 2007 mm-hmm. um, named Alexei Cherepanov. He was drafted in like the mid to late teens in the first round mm-hmm. for the New York Rangers. He ended up playing in uh, the KHL. And there's a video of Yarmer Yager sitting on the bench next to him. I I forget what team they were playing for. Was it Magnetogorst? Ah, I don't remember. But some kid who you know grew up in Russia, he just always really wanted to play hockey. His family said, Well, we found that he has an undiagnosed heart condition, but if you tell the league that they're not going to draft him, he's not going to be able to live his dream. He died on the bench during a game. So not to use that very specific gruesome example as a talking point, but it's not outside the realm of possibilities that this could have just been some fluke shit. Like you don't, it it really bothers me when people just go immediately to drug abuse when someone, someone dies. It's it's just not fair, especially within the following hours of someone passing. Well, and to be even more fair, I think the perspective perspective of drug abuse, I, I think people don't really keep a wide enough scope because is going back to the MLB in 2019 with Tyler Skaggs, um, an overdose potentially from fentanyl, if I if I'm correct. That's that's something where it's like you could believe you have something that is legitimate, and you have fentanyl and overdose on something you don't think you have. So there there's all kinds of things that could have been happening, and for people to go immediately to cocaine or perf- any kind of performance enhancers really, really bugs me. And yeah, I shared in that, in our, uh, our uh, pre-episode meeting. And like, that's something that gets me fired up with someone that's leaving behind family and, uh, such an untimely death. And, uh, I mean, especially as a kid, when he gets old enough to look up what happened, that's the last thing you want to see, even if it's true in, in the horrible event that it's true. This is all a bunch of nobodies. That never met the guy, probably never seen him lace up his skates, let alone put on a sweater. That just say, oh, he was 31. There had to have been some level of abuse. Like, get the fuck out of my face. (laughs) Cheers. 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 And, you know, pouring one out. Pour one out. Yeah. Uh, That being said, the uh, moving forward, also a big loss to the hockey community. Roger Bear. Yeah, I actually missed this one until you let me know about it so go ahead and uh and fill us all in yeah um in fairness he was 80 so it's not quite the same um he was nicknamed mr ranger though he played 19 season with 19 seasons with the rangers he was the first ranger to have his number seven retired and um Let's see a couple couple stats here. He put up 1,021 points in 1,065 games. Why in one crest? That's 
<laughs> oh, I should have been wearing a hat, my friend. That's Damn. that's insane. I mean, not only to play that many years, but to be almost a point per game. He he was on the uh, I I don't know if it was the GPG or GAG line. It was goals per game or like goal per game. I I want to say it was goal a game line, the gag line. Um, but put up sixty seven points and seventy five playoff appearances. Damn. Played in the nineteen seventy two Summit Series, which is insane. That's one of the most famous series of all time. Um, inducted and. To put it into perspective, why he retired was because he got into an argument based on uh, his contract with the, I want to say it was the GM at the time. And following the season, he just said, like quit hockey. I don't want to play anywhere else from the Rangers and you're not working with me. So damn, here it is. Um, yeah, again, inducted in 1982. He almost immediately became the president of the Rangers Alumni Association. Uh, he was uh, kind of on a, away from the ice, but a more what he meant to New York, especially at that time, because, I mean, I've made it no secret, maybe over the course of this podcast, but being a huge Billy Joel fan, when um, Joe Ford was in office and they were going to default on their federal loans there was that famous uh headline just says ford to new york drop dead <laughs> and so new york was going through a lot of really bad times over the course of this guy's career yeah. and so he got married in 1991 and the ceremony was conducted by mayor david dinkins at the time which is pretty cool the mayor of the city conducting your ceremony is a guy who's been uh, retired for almost a decade. Damn. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And what is almost even more cool, 1979, Andy Warhol did an athlete series. He was one of 10 athletes included in that series. Wow. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Granted, one of the other guys was OJ, but we're not going to split hairs here. <laughs> Damn. I mean, I mean, to be immortalized by Andy Warhol, if if that doesn't put into perspective how important this guy was at the time to not only the city of New York, the organization of the Rangers, but also hockey in general. Wow. That's I mean, Hot, that, uh, the Rangers uh, is a hockey noob. Forgive me. They're one of the original six, right? Mm hmm. Boom. Hockey and, noobs out there commit that to your memory because if you don't already know that you feel like an asshole when you don't <laughs> um and interesting pointer about the rangers when they won in 1994 that was shortly after the fall of communism sure. or co communism as we know it yeah and they had the first three russian players names on the stanley cup engraved wow yeah that's One being fair. Alexia Kovalev, uh, who is the most talented, lazy player in the history of the game. And I yeah. love him to death. <laughs> Fuck. Hell yeah, brother. Well, so, so there's a bunch of random trivia for you. Random trivia and uh, poured myself another vodka and uh, honor in honor of uh, the end of <laughs> Rachel Bear. 
exactly that and, and the end and of communism the end of communism and a all losses we'll drink to that because uh around the nhl that's what we do in our second period mate cheers mate Peace the kraken Woo. okay so i'm gonna try and gather my wits as we go into our third period which if you are a cracking one open fan and are following us on Twitter at cracking one open or on Instagram at cracking digit one open or our new Facebook group, which we added last week, you know that this is where you have a chance to participate in the show. And uh, I'm going to start our third period this week with a little bit of coaching. I'm going to go, you know, uh, a little bit old school here and say, you you fans, you need to step it up. I see you out there watching. We're getting at least 25 viewers per video, which is fantastic. We're getting more listeners than that, I already know. And uh, the problem is, is when we get your feedback, it's very, very limited. We're not getting enough YouTube comments. We're not getting enough engagement on Twitter. We're asking you what you want to see, and we know there's no hockey to talk about left. But there's so many moves and so many things you could talk about with what you want to see in our show and what you want to see us drinking specifically and when we drink to see us get all silly by the time we get to this third period and respond to your questions. So instead of responding to questions this week, I think uh, we, first we reached out, checked out the Kraken community because we didn't get a lot of responses. And at from uh, Dark Depths, really stood out to the entire Kraken community this week and reached out to a couple people that are in the media locally and said, hi, I'm an English guy who has recently gotten into the NHL after my brother encouraged me. I'd love to start my journey as a fan with the hashtag Kraken and grow with them, but I don't know the best way to network with the community. Excited for the puck drop and meeting fans. And I went on our social media account and immediately took advantage of this and responded to Stuart and let him know, hey, man, if you are a new NHL fan, there's no better podcast to get down with than us. Even if you're down in the UK, uh, me and Jameson are not in the same spot. We are uh, separated from Seattle to Chicago and uh, all the way out there having that, that uh, you know, reach in a fan base to the uk is fantastic so he he also reached out in this tweet and said i'd like to say huge thanks to so many of you for making me feel welcome after i posted about my growing passion for the hashtag sea kraken i could now i can say now that i think it's going to be an exciting start supporting a team right after the first ever pop drop and then he dropped a fantastic graphic which we reached out to him he said he loves graphics he has said he is interested in doing graphics for the show. So next time we get to our penalty box, our first, second, third period, our face-off, or our sudden death wrap-up, Jameson, we may have new graphics. So uh, keep posted. Uh, we're going to work along with Stuart. He's one of our favorite new fans. And uh, go ahead and uh, add at from Dark Depths on Twitter. This guy is a new Kraken fan, and you want to get engaged with him. Uh, how do you feel about that, Jameson? What do you what do you feel like with uh, an old bloke from the UK trying to join up with our Kraken fandom? Well, firstly, you didn't prep me that his name was Stuart. Um, <laughs> no, the reason that's funny is um, if you're not familiar, there's a series called Letterkenny, which is yes. very very northern based, if mm-hmm. you will, and 
one of the one of the running jokes is scared. So I I can't hear that name without that voice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, I would love to work with him. That would be fantastic. I mean, hell, even if he wants to be a guest on the show, just come on and talk about you know what he wants to or what he expects to see from the season or he, he can what have he would entire, like to know. He can, he can have an entire third period to himself at this point between him Absolutely. and uh, at cracking one north, uh, cracking up north. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, they, totally. they could just hold our uh, second, third period down from here on out. But yeah, I would really love to. I'm excited to see what he has. And uh, hopefully in the next couple episodes, everyone gets to see that maybe makes our show more engaging. And, uh, you know, we, we, we are always looking for contributors for sure. And this, this, if you want to get involved in the community right now, that's a great way to do it is uh, this podcast has already gotten a ton of more engagement than I expected without any games being played for us to talk about, which is pretty wild. And, and again, like as far as comments, mentions, DMS, whatever, just, it could be the dumbest thing in the world. If, if you want us to talk about it, we have all the time in the world, man. Perfect. You know? Perfect transition because exactly our favorite fan at Cracking Up North, he uh, he responded last week and he said, uh, Cracking one open while I listen on a Friday night in BC. Cheers, fellas. And uh, as you can see right now, he uh, sent us a great picture of his, uh, I believe, uh, hors d'oeuvres he's having with his brew. I would love to know what kind of brew you're drinking. But, uh, yeah, Jameson, looking at this, uh, if you had to uh, – is this how you would indulge on uh, watching a Friday night podcast airing of uh, Cracking One Open? I mean, uh, firstly, I would say whatever kind of beer that is, they need to hire Stuart to get a better design. <laughs> Stuart, Stuart, please let them know down in the comments how they can fix this design on this beer. Because, yeah, I, I can't even tell you right now what kind of a brew that is. I believe uh, some kind of a, uh, a a European malt. Yeah. So, again, I would love to know the details there, but I, I think Stuart can clear it up for him real quick. But I, I also would like to see the uh, like the final product of the sauce he's clearly making with that basil he cut with scissors ah basil huh yeah that, that definitely looks like uh some kind of uh like i said uh so it's an italian herb of some kind i think some, some fantastic herb there that is going to hopefully enhance his experience of this episode and all our episodes moving forward because uh whatever it is whether you're drinking along with us with juice water or uh Michelob Ultra. We appreciate it. And uh, we, we always know that new fans are going to have to drink along probably to be able to interpret and appreciate our podcast. So fantastic end of our third period, mate. Really? The Kraken! Okay. So we go into our sudden death wrap up where we talk about not only what we enjoyed most about this episode, but what mistakes we caught, what we thought about, and uh, Jameson, go ahead, start off. Yeah, I just like to point it out that uh, you took your koozie off. I put mine on. Ooh, man. there's a dichotomy here. You have caught me, and unfortunately, <laughs> I I'll drink to that. 
I will drink to that. I have another beer right here in the koozie, <laughs> ready to go. And we'll get that tr- classic Craig and One Open sound. There you go. Woo! It's hey, funny because... Good, good call out, mate. You go ahead. I, I saw that you had yours on. I wanted to shout out to the three Floyds reference, so I didn't put mine on. So I cracked a new one, put that one on. Was was sitting here just like, oh, okay, you know, like cool. Here we're matching. And, Happy now? Oh wow, that was it. Was that a that was a full one, wasn't it? Full beer, and I'll put it on the one I was drinking. Hey, you well, call me. Uh, you call me out at the right time, especially during. A sudden death wrap up. What else am I gonna do? Well, I'm not I mean, just that, gonna let the beer sit there. No. I I mean that was a that was a five minute major. I think there. <laughs> oh man. But, well, um, I I I think what we uh, kind of neglected to mention, following up on last week, is that we will have the show from Miami live coming up. Oh. Um, good. Would point, like good to point. plug that a little bit. Remind people that it will be an interactive experience. Um, we will be kind of promoting it and letting people know how they can get involved, but that will be October 24th, Fourth, yep. yeah. Sunday, October 24th, uh, expect it in the evening. We're going to be on Eastern time, depending on when we get in. And, uh, we've already had our flights already adjusted slightly. So we'll let you guys know as we go into it, but expect like 5 PM Eastern, which seems reasonable if you guys want to be drinking on a sunday sunday afternoon <laughs> yeah i mean keep in mind it's t- it's three hours difference once you get to miami to west coast that you know maybe that, have a mojito with some lunch that I'll, I'll already be showing up because i hate flying especially and i haven't flown during a pandemic last time i i was able to fly was last time i got a haircut which was the rose bowl for the university of oregon in 2020 so Man, I am uh, excited for it. Hesitant, hoping everybody out there is uh, willing to go and get the vaccine or at least uh, keep themselves socially distanced and masked because, man, if we don't do that, we're not going to be able to see all the uh, cracking games we want to in person. And uh, all those thousands of dollars in tickets, it's going to suck to have those uh, refunded with a – a fee charge on the back of that because that's what you're ended up seeing with a lot of these events nowadays is you're not getting that full refund that you paid for necessarily. So go out there, get yourself vaccinated or make sure you get a negative COVID test. And uh, regardless, uh, follow this podcast because why not? You know, right now you are listening to the sweet sounds of where's Jameson as we close out and There's nothing better than that, except for if you subscribe and you tell your friends about this podcast and we reach out to you and and give you that sweet sample of uh, premium crack in one open. And hey, guess what? It's coming for you. Episode six in the books. Have a great night. Episode seven coming on the way. And uh, again, follow, subscribe. We're coming out with brand new episode after our first home ice opening on the 23rd with the 24th live show. So if you're not subscribed, you're not going to know about it. Jameson, thank you very much and uh, hope you have a great night. Any last words? Nice to have you, brother. Ooh, nice. Hey, take it easy, man. You too, bro.